Hello and welcome to the St Mark's podcast. Whether you regularly join us at church on Sundays or you're joining us for the very first time, we hope that this week's talk inspires you and draws you closer to Jesus. Well, hello again. If I can just extend that uh, welcome. It's great to come together today to worship Jesus. And it's just brilliant to see so much life breaking out within the church. People of all ages, of different walks of life, at different stages in their faith journey, just coming together to be the family of God. And that's happening across St. Mark's, it's happening across St. Martin's, and we're seeing so much, there's so much to give thanks to God for. And I just want to begin by saying a huge thank you to you for your investment and your commitment to seeing the church flourish over this past year as we play our part in seeing lives and communities transformed. By joining the church and by being on board with the vision, your dedication in prayer, playing your part on teams, and a big up to the the kids and youth team who are missing this part today because they're out there serving uh, this morning, and your generous and sacrificial giving I can stand here today and say that Grimsby is better off for having the church of Jesus here in its midst. I just wonder, can we just show our appreciation to to God and to one another for the the amazing part that everyone is playing? Why don't we just big round of applause? And today as we gather for our Vision and, and Giving Sunday, followed by our APCM, Uh, We want to frame that within prayer and worship. I'm I'm going to talk about three ways that we can build the kingdom of God in Grimsby. Now, when Sir Christopher Wren was visiting uh, St. Paul's Cathedral, he was the architect uh, for it in the 17th century, he found three men doing exactly the same job. Uh, They were shaping a bit of stone. And he went up to each one unannounced. And he said to the first one, he said, "Um, do tell me what you're doing. And the man replied, well, uh, I'm shaping a stone. I want to make it into an arch. He said to the second man who was in the the next door place, he said, what are you doing? He said, "Uh, I'm building the east window. Uh, And then he went to the third one who was doing the same thing. What are you doing? He said, I'm building a cathedral. We're all involved together in building the kingdom of God. But we might have different versions of the parts we play. And you might not feel like a big visionary building the kingdom of God here in Grimsby. You might just be thinking, I just make the tea on Sunday. You might not feel particularly qualified or experienced. You might not feel like your prayers are particularly good or your abilities are not that great to serve with or you don't have many finances to give and yet you have a part to play in God's amazing plan, providing you don't think, and we don't think that we can do it all in our own strength. We can't. We can't do it by our own strength. We can't do it by our own ability or our own gained experience or the religiosity of our prayers or by the amount we put in the giving bucket. Our participation in this begins not with ourselves, but with Jesus, because Jesus is the one who's transforming lives and communities. And we get to be bit part players in this amazing mission as his church at this time in this place. And as a staff team, we were recently challenged by 
a question posed to us. It was this. Would the community notice if the church was missing? Would the community notice here if the church was missing? And in the short time that we've relaunched the the benefits, it's been just eight months since we had that special meeting, plus a year where we got going. It's been a world ride. And we've been playing a small part within our local community and within Grimsby. But we're not yet there when it comes to the wholesale change we're longing for and praying for. But we do have something starting to form. We do have a stone for an arch. And we can see the east window starting to take shape. And when we look back over this last year and take that broader view, we can start to see a cathedral being formed bit by bit. There are 45 different young people, unchurched youth, being reached through outreach, through youth club, through youth alpha, each week through St. Mark's and St. Martin's. Alpha grows in non-church attendance every single term. We're on courses 10 and 11. And that includes Youth Alpha. And it also includes running Alpha, helping to resource Alpha in another local church as well. Little lions can top over 40 babies and toddlers plus their parents and carers in a single session. We have 13 different midweek small groups happening this term. Attendance at Kingdom Come has continued to grow across both churches and in our services as well. And then we have schools work, pastoral care, college chaplaincy, the list goes on. And it was a bit of a revelation this week when one of our local PCSOs came into the building. In fact, he came in four times between St. Mark's and St. Martin's in the space of a week. And he asked the question, essentially, what is it about you, the local church, that means you've got so many different people coming in, and yet we don't have the same issues that we have with other community groups and organizations here? We're not seeing in the church antisocial behavior. We're not seeing the same sort of issues that we might come up against. What is it that's different about you? Now, we know the answer to that. The difference is Jesus, right? But if you're here at Alpha, you'll know that it's sort of a little bit chaotic with all those young people. And yet, we're loving them. We're demonstrating. We're showing Jesus. And there's something about our presence in the community, which means that our churches aren't being vandalized. And they were at some point that our churches do have a presence in the community. There's something about that. You know, the hope we represent, if missing, would be noticed. I believe that. The people of the church who represent Jesus to this community, if missing, would be noticed. And if the church missing would start to be noticed in Grimsby, that also means that Jesus is getting noticed. And when Jesus is noticed, hearts are opened and they're changed. And life starts to break out. We've heard that already this morning in some of those stories that are being shared. The kingdom of heaven is being built. People are literally getting saved from hopelessness and darkness and lack of purpose and destructive cycles. And they're saved for a life in the light of Christ. They are saved for a life of Forgiveness and freedom and purpose and saved for eternity. Are you saved by Jesus? Let me ask you today, like those stonemasons in that story at St. Paul's Cathedral, what are you doing? And would you like to help build the kingdom of God here in Grimsby? 
So I'd like to talk a bit more about three ways to build the kingdom of God in Grimsby, using the example of Peter in the Bible. Pat came and brought us that reading from Matthew's Gospel. And it's in this that Jesus asks Peter, not what are you doing, but who do you say I am? And perhaps that's a better starting point for us too. And to make some sense of it, in just a few minutes, we need to look back at how Peter actually met Jesus in the first place. Picture the scene. You can look it up a little bit later in Matthew chapter 4. A fishing boat out on the Sea of Galilee. Two fishermen, Simon Peter and his brother Andrew, out there catching fish. It's, it's what they did. It was their life. And he basically tells us something about them, that they were unschooled lads. They were just young people out there doing the family trade. It means they hadn't sort of made it within the religious life. They weren't sort of that clever. They weren't following a religious rabbi. They, they went out. They were fishermen. It's what they did. And that was until a, a different sort of rabbi, a different sort of teacher turns up on the shore of the lake. And he, and he sees them and he calls out to them, follow me and I will make you fish for men. That's what he says to them. And it, and it says in Matthew's account, at once they left their nets and they followed him. That's Matthew's account. It's pretty to the point. But if you look up that same story in Luke's gospel, we see another layer. Jesus calls Peter to go out and to lower his nets into the fruitless waters or fishless waters. They've been fishing all night and they've caught nothing. And Simon sort of responds to Jesus with the words. And he's probably rolling his eyes at this point, And he says, if you say so. And he lowers his net, and lo and behold, what comes out of the water but a, a bumper crop, literally a miraculous crop and catch of fish. And in this moment of sheer beauty and revelation, we read this in Luke 5, verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, the catch of fish, this is what happened. He got down at the feet of Jesus. He said to him, go away from me, Lord, because I am a sinful man. A little later, Jesus says to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will fish for men. And when they came to land their boats, they left everything and they followed Jesus. You know, the first way we can help to build the kingdom of God in Grimsby is through a radical approach to worship and prayer. In other words, getting down at the feet of Jesus. Peter is just a beautiful picture of a forgiven sinner come saint. There's a moment of this encounter with the love of God through Jesus that leads him to leave his nets and follow. Leave his nets, leave the old way of doing life, his worldly securities, his comfort zone, his life of sin. That's what he says. He says, I'm a sinful man. And to come into the presence of Jesus. And this moment of encounter is marked in so many different ways in the scriptures as we see people encountering the love of God. Often we see it, uh, for example, in the Old Testament where people consecrate themselves before the Lord. There's a, um, uh, an example where God's people were facing a particularly challenging time. They were going to go into battle. And, and Joshua says to the people, he says, consecrate yourselves because tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. What does that mean? Well, we might say this, purify yourselves, get yourselves right before God because he's about to move in your midst and you don't want to miss out because God's going to do something amazing amongst you. David in the Psalms cries out to God. He says, 
God, cleanse me, purify me, wash me, renew a right spirit within me. In the New Testament, this is so often marked by baptism as people are washed clean. The old sinful nature is washed away and a new life in Christ is revealed. You know, we might not feel much like a model Jesus, but we can probably all relate to Peter. His uh, journey is somewhat rocky, but his journey began, his journey with Jesus began by recognizing that he wasn't good enough by his own standards to do what Jesus was asking him to do, which was to walk with him, to follow him, to be in his very presence. And before he does a thing, before he leaves his nets, he falls down at the feet of Jesus and gives him worship. He recognizes that he can't do it. But Jesus sees Peter and he says, do not be afraid. Peter, come follow me. And Peter's response is to abandon everything he holds on to in this world and to trust Jesus wholeheartedly with his life. It begins in surrender. I wonder what it would look like for us to start by falling at the feet of Jesus? What would it look like for us to be a community of sinners come saints? What would it look like when the saved worship the Savior? Perhaps that is the first step to the heart of God. That is the first step before we do anything. Perhaps that is the first step to building the kingdom of heaven here in Grimsby. And once Peter is saved by Jesus, He starts to be trained by Jesus. Peter was saved, and then Peter was trained. And the second way we can play our part in building the kingdom of heaven here in Grimsby is by training and releasing leaders. There comes a point in Peter's ministry before he sort of starts learning the ropes and and just sort of modeling Jesus, where Jesus gets them to the side, his followers, his disciples, and and he asks them this question. Who do you say I am? And earlier on in the chapter, the disciples have been having this conversation about who other people say that Jesus is. Some say he's a prophet. Some say he's Elijah and so forth. But Jesus says, no, but what about you? Who do you say I am? And it's Peter who's first to put his neck on the line. And that's exactly what Peter is doing. And he says to Jesus, he says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. He recognizes Jesus as the one who saves Jesus, you are the saviour. You know, to make such a claim in the culture of the day was to put your neck on the line because it was to go against the superpower of the day, Rome. In that culture, they said, Caesar is Lord. It was to go against the religious leaders who considered Jesus to be more than a nuisance, anything more than the Messiah that they were waiting for. And yet in this moment of revelation and spiritual insight, Peter sees Jesus for who he is. And Jesus responds by speaking into Peter's life. It's almost as if he says, Peter, you have identified me. Now let me identify you. You are Peter. And on this rock, Peter means rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell won't stand a chance in hell of overcoming it. In other words, Jesus is selling Peter, Peter, you're going to be part of something that you can't even get your head around, something greater than your lived reality. Peter is not a man of this world. He is a man of the kingdom of heaven. He is not a man shaping a stone for the sake of shaping a stone. He is a man who is building 
a cathedral. He is a man of a new reality where heaven starts to invade earth and all of heaven starts to break loose. I mean, just look at what happens in the Acts of the Apostles. Go away and have a look at what happens in the Acts of the Apostles. I'll touch on it in a moment. And what's amazing is this is Peter. Peter who really does make a mess of things. This is Peter who just didn't get that Jesus had to die on the cross for all those who would need to be saved by him. This is Peter who sunk on the water as Jesus calls him out to him. This is Peter who denied Jesus three times. And it's on this Peter, on this rock, that the kingdom of heaven starts to be built. And all this time, Peter is fumbling his way, being a follower of Jesus, and he is being trained for something far greater than he could ever hope for or imagine. He is a man with a kingdom purpose. And if you can respond today with the question, to the question, who do you say I am? And respond to Jesus with, you are Jesus, my saviour. Then Jesus wants to equip you to be trained by him, released by him, to train others, to equip others, to see other disciples, training disciples as we build together the kingdom of heaven here in Grimsby. If we can say, Jesus, you're my savior, then we are saved. We might just say that we are to train the saved to save the lost. That's ultimately what the end picture was. Peter, if you do what I do, we'll see many saved by Jesus, saved from their old destructive lives, saved for God's purposes today, saved for eternity. Peter, are you up for the challenge? Train the saved and save the lost. I wonder what that would look like for us in the year ahead. Everyone serving on a team in church, but also out of church. Just think about all those connection points we have to those who don't know Jesus. Are we spending ourselves on those people so that they might have an encounter with a risen Jesus? Just as Jesus modeled to us to be servants, so we are to serve those in our town. Everyone with someone coaching them to be the best they can be. And everyone with someone else under their wing, nurturing them, training them, checking up on them, helping them to be the best that they can be. And then an army of people growing in confidence to share their Jesus story, the difference Jesus has made in their lives, but also to explain the beautiful gospel, that Jesus is alive today and he is transforming lives. So Peter was saved and Peter was trained and Peter reaches the lost. And the third way we can build the kingdom of heaven here in Grimsby is by sharing our story of how Jesus is at work in our lives today. You know, the pinnacle of Peter's training, his graduation, if you like, comes at Pentecost. Once Jesus had died on the cross, this is perhaps one of Peter's lowest moments, having denied him three times, he defeats the power of sin and death, and he's raised again to life. And we find the disciples then although they've encountered the risen Jesus, hiding away in an upper room. And it was at Pentecost, the 50th day after the resurrection, that the promised Holy Spirit falls on that gathering of disciples. And, and, we, and we read in Acts chapter 2 that the Spirit falls and comes in power, and Peter's there. And Peter is filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit. And what is his response? He leaves that room, and he starts to tell the Jesus story, not in his own strength, not from a place of fear, and they were fearful, 
from a place of confidence because the Spirit has empowered them. And this is what we read in, in this part in Acts chapter 2. Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice and he addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain to you, listen carefully to what I say. And then he tells about Jesus who is alive and who saves. And it says at the end of that chapter, those who accepted this message because the Holy Spirit was on them too to receive it, they were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. I mean, if we got faith to believe that when we share our Jesus story, 3,000 would want to be baptized, I'm not sure I do, but do I want it? Absolutely, I do want that faith. Come on, are we praying for that? There are 150, 160,000 people here in Northeast Links. Don't we want to see people hearing our Jesus story, responding to the gospel, and knowing what it means to truly be saved by Jesus? And as the church today, we are just a repeat of this cycle of people who are saved and trained and then share the story of how Jesus changes lives. That's the story that's gone on for 2,000 years. That's the story we're part of today. Here are St. Mark's and at St. Martin's. You know, it's been great hearing the stories today, just a few testimonies of how Jesus is alive and at work in people's lives. Hopefully it's an encouragement to each of us that it doesn't need to be complicated. However, we want to help you tell your story. Your story has the potential to open people's hearts. And when we can do that, we have the potential for Jesus to change hearts. Your story opens hearts. Jesus' story changes hearts. That's why we need to tell our story. That's why we need to connect it to the gospel message, Jesus saves. So this year across our churches, we want to do those three things. We want to see the kingdom of heaven being built in Grimsby. Firstly, we want to develop a radical culture of prayer and worship. And if you're wondering what's radical, it begins when we fall on our knees at the feet of Jesus and say, really? Me? I'm not worthy. But Jesus says, do not be afraid. Come, follow me. We do this together. When we come together to worship, we come to encounter the risen Jesus Christ. We might say that we come to encounter the love of God every time we gather and worship, a greater love. The second thing we want to do is train and release leaders so that we can use our God-given gifts and abilities to build the kingdom of heaven here in Grimsby and to help others along the way. We might say to see the church released to live for Jesus, a greater life. And the third thing we want to do is we want to share our Jesus story with others. So as we go in the power of the Holy Spirit, we might reach the lost so they too might be saved. Saved from the grip of sin and death. Saved for God's purposes for their lives today. Saved for an eternity with him. We might say to see lives and communities transformed and altogether greater Grimsby. So here's my question for each of us this morning, my question for you, are you shaping a stone, crafting a window, or building a cathedral? Will you be part of something beyond just us, an investment, a legacy that our town and our community cannot afford to live without? I'm inviting all of us today to adventure on in four simple ways. And there are four ways, if you've been here before, these will not be new to you, but let me just remind us. Four ways we can be involved. Firstly, join. 
in being part of the church here at St. Mark's and St. Martin's, commit to the longer-term adventure. If you're starting to get a little bit comfortable here at church and you're thinking, this is quite nice now, you know, a little way in and getting quite cozy and this is how I quite like church, would you push forward and spend yourself for the sake of others? Let's adventure on. Let's leave our nets and follow Jesus. And we want to help you with that. In fact, uh, today, uh, in the interval before the APCM or afterwards, I'd love you to pick up a congregational survey. We just want to find out a little bit about how people are finding church and growing in their faith. We want it to help guide our prayers and also guide our planning. I'd just love to give you three weeks to fill in that survey and and get it back to us. There's a different one for St. Mark's, another one for St. Martin's. But, But please help us to help you to join the church and be all in. Secondly, would you commit to praying for the mass unchurched, those who don't know Jesus in Grimsby? Pray for the church to be strengthened in the light of Christ in our community. Come and worship with a desire to see heaven invade earth every time we gather so that Jesus may be exalted in this town. And we want to help you with that too. And that's why we're going to reshape some of our services From June, we're reshuffling things a bit. We're going to be growing our evening congregation a little more. At the moment, we have the seven once a month uh, at the beginning of uh, of each month. That's going to move. It's going to become the six, and it's going to be on the first and third of each month. We want to grow that congregation, and we want each of us to be part of, of nurturing that, bringing it to life so that we might reach some people that we wouldn't otherwise reach on a Sunday morning. Kingdom Come is also going to move termly. It's going to be our gathering of all our midweek groups. We're going to pray and worship together. And again, that will be from June onwards as well. Um, We're going to publish those details, by the way, on our website um, so you can see how to plug in. I don't need to go through those with you just now. But do be praying. The third thing you can do is to serve. And if you're not already serving on a team, then find a team to serve on. We'd love to help you do that if you're not quite sure how you can serve. And please speak to a member of the team. And in particular, one of our high priority areas is serving with our children and young people. You heard this morning that we've got 17 young people on Alpha. We have a load of young people in here on a Tuesday. We've got young people in St. Martin's on a Monday and on a Wednesday. We've got more and more kids coming to church. And kids need a lot of leaders for a number of reasons. They need nurturing. They need to be loved. We also need leaders for ratios. But we really, really want to model the Jesus way to our children and grow the church there. And you might feel like, I don't know, you don't feel overly qualified to work with that age group. But I'd just say this, if you love Jesus and you love children and young people and you're willing to learn, we'd love to have a conversation with you about what that might look like. That perhaps is one of our ceilings at the moment in terms of growing because we really are sort of at a bit of a capacity, but we want to see so much more and God is bringing them in. That's what we prayed for. That's what we want to see. And then fourthly, we'd love you to give. It's so encouraging that people are so generously giving to the mission and vision in our churches. And it's all made possible because of your investment in seeing lives and communities transformed. Each person should bring their offering as they've decided in their heart with God to bring. That's the beauty of it. But every bit of giving makes a difference to God and to the church. And in our churches, regular giving varies. It really varies from £5 a month to £500 a month. At St. Mark's, there are 29 households who are currently regularly giving to the mission and ministry of the church here. And again, at St. Martin's, people are giving there through envelope schemes, regular giving, and through the plates. But I'd just love to encourage you today, if you're not already investing in this way, 
to, to get on board, to decide in your heart how you'd like to give, and to invest in the building of something greater than the cathedral, the kingdom of God in this place. And it might be for you today, just at this marker on Vision and Giving Sunday, you say, yeah, I would like to start giving in this way. It might be that you want to increase your giving just as you're sort of reviewing things. It might be that you remain the same, but you just want to say, yeah, I'm on board with that. If you're in a position to do that, we'd love you to be on board that way. So, building the kingdom of God in Grimsby, that is ultimately what we're about. We might be fumbling our way through it, a bit like Peter, but Jesus reigns and he is all over it. Not only that, he's calling you and he's calling me to drop our nets again to follow him. And he says to us, at this time and in this place, I will build my church. I will build my church in Grimsby and the gates of hell won't stand a chance in hell of overcoming it. So let us grab our chance, our opportunity to get involved and build the church that Grimsby can't live without. And better still, let's see a Grimsby that can't and won't live without Jesus. Do we want that? Are we up for it? Why don't we pray? Can I invite you to stand where you are if you're able to? Because before we do anything, before we respond in any way, we just want to allow the Lord just to illuminate in our hearts and in our lives what that looks like for us this morning. And Lord Jesus, we just want to say, we want to live in a Grimsby that can't and won't live without you. Jesus, we don't want to build a church for the sake of building a church. We want to build a church that represents your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. We just this morning come to you again and we drop our nets. We want to follow you. We want to journey on on this adventure. We just boldly ask, would you fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit? Would you come, Holy Spirit? Just where we are, why don't we just receive? God wants to give to us before we give anything to him. Just put my hands out, just saying, Lord, I need you. I want your Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit.